All right, welcome back to another episode of Producer Grind Podcast. My boy Carrington with me. What's good, y'all? What's good? And we got a special guest in the building here today. Uh, bros work with Migos, Gucci, Lucci, Jose Guapo, Pablo, Lil Duke, Ball and Quill. Please welcome Spiffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Appreciate you pulling up, bro. Appreciate y'all for having me again. So, um, just to start off, uh, your most recent placement um, on Gucci's album, The Evil Genius, uh, the song with him and Quavo, um, Lost your mind. Just tell us how that, uh, how the placement came about. Um, uh, that particular one was a complete surprise. Um, lift the mic up just a little bit. Yeah, that one was, that was that one right there was a little surprise. Um, Gucci kind of he texted me and um I usually just send him beats sometime and um he kind of texted me and was like, "Yo, I need the track outs for this one." So. Like in my world, when somebody asks for the track hours, that kind of mean like, you know, we probably finna use it for something. You know what I'm saying? So at the time, I didn't know Quavo was gonna be featured on the song. He just was like, um, yeah, send me the track hours for the song. So I sent them to him and um, I kind of found out when the rest of the world did, when he posted the track list on his Instagram, mm. I kind of found out then. Mm. So you, so like they hadn't reached out to you to handle business wise or anything before? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as far as like, um, I did money calling on that. I knew about money calling probably before he knew what he was gonna name the album. You know what I'm saying? We kind of had already worked on that when I say like February of last year, around this time last year, I already knew I had money calling done with Gucci. We got a couple of other songs. But, um, you know, whenever those come out, you know. Now, what does that process look like? Is that something that you need a lawyer involved? Or, like, how, how does that typically work? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I feel like, ah, oh, that's supposed to, if you got good management, I feel like, ah, oh, that's supposed to come with the management. You know what I'm saying? They, My managers, they kind of motivate me to focus on the main thing producers need to be doing, and that's making beats. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Of course, you know, you got to kind of, Make sure you pick and choose wisely who you got to handle your business. But once you got that under control, I feel like, you know, just making beats, that's all you need to worry about. How'd you end up choosing your management? Um, I kind of, I'm real picky. Not really, like, picky as far as, like, what you can do for me. Mm -hmm. I'm picky with, like, who I trust. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's kind of right. hard to trust everybody. You know what I'm saying? So um, as far as how actually, my managers are um, Hood Rich Entertainment, by the way, Nate and Rip. Um, but as far as how I actually chose them, I met Rip like two or three years prior to them actually managing me when he was managing Thug around the um, Stoner time. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted him to manage me bad, bro. And we were at a video shoot, and he was moving so fast. I was like, yeah, bro, I got this going on, I got that going on. I really didn't have too much of anything going on at the time. But I'm trying to convince him, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? So at the end of the conversation, he was, this is real. He was like, uh, yeah, give me a call, bro. We're going to chop it up. And then he leave. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, bet. He ain't never give me a I ain't got his number. You see what I'm saying? He ain't never give me his number. I'm just so, the whole conversation just had me so, you know what I'm saying? I just let him walk. I didn't, I didn't get his number or anything. So, okay, fast forward. Like two or three years later, me and Pablo did Master Sensei. Mm. And, um, you know, of course, he's hood rich Pablo. You know what I'm saying? They're actually family at the end of the day. So they were already handling Pablo's business for him. So... When we did Master Sensei, you know, that kind of, you know, it, I guess that's what they were kind of looking for, you know what I'm saying? Kind of want to, you know what I'm saying? I guess deal with me or whatever. So I kind of just took it for what it was and just went ahead and just locked in with them. Mm. I got a question for you. Um, what does Hurrich, the management, do for your business that you can't do for yourself? I need somebody to pick up the phone, bro. I need somebody to... Handle the little stuff for me. I need to be making beats. I need to be in the studio. I don't really need to be dealing with people calling and saying, yeah, I got, I want some beats, yeah. but I'm going to be ready next Friday. You mm -hmm. know, let the manager handle that, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let mm -hmm. me know when the check club, you yeah. know? 
Other than that, we need to be having our business, focusing on these placements, making these hits. Mm. You like uh, focusing more on the art side than the business side? Yeah, but don't get me wrong. I'm I'm, I'm asshole when it comes to the business, but I want to make sure everything ran. Like, you know, your brand is everything, bro. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I don't really think people understand that. And for the ones that do, like, I... I definitely like salute them because it's it's a headache, bro. It's a headache, man. But yeah. Um. So yeah, man. Just tell us about like you know early life. You know what I mean? Like growing up here in the A and shit. Um. Okay. Early life for me, I was okay. I was born Southwoods Hospital. Um. That's Atlanta, Georgia. It's actually in East Point, but. <laughs> It's also Cleveland Avenue. Cleveland Avenue mm. is where I grew up at. So mm -hmm. my hospital exactly is exactly on the same street I grew up on. Mm -hmm. Maybe like a, a mile court. How, how far you think Cleveland, um, Southwood, and Hopkins live from? It's like three, four minutes from the apartments I grew up in. So mm -hmm. I literally just went kind of right down the street and mm -hmm. kind of lived my life. Talk to us a little bit about growing up on Cleveland Avenue and like what separated you from being able to make it out of that situation. Okay. Especially up, mentally too. Okay. Growing up on Cleveland, um, we had a two bedroom apartment and uh Evergreen apartments. It's right across the street. We had like a little golf course. The community was cool growing up in the hood. We had a golf course. We ain't never go fucking golfing anywhere. <laughs> like they would steal the golf course sometimes. The golf carts. Mm -hmm. We would steal those sometimes. We had a we had Southwood, not Southwood, and Southeast Raiders. That was our recreational center. So mm -hmm. kinda if you grew up in the neighborhood, you went there and played basketball, learned how to swim, you played on the computers, you you know, you kinda did that kind of thing. But um as far as growing up, my apartments, I had a we we stayed in a two bedroom apartment. Me, my mom, my two younger brothers, and my uncle, which is my mom, brother, and my grandma's son. So, um, you know, that was kind of regular growing up. Everybody, you know, was just kind of fending for themselves or whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, on the other end, I had my dad. He stayed on like the west side of Atlanta, so that's kind of like. Bankhead, Hollywood Road, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I kind of got the feel of like both ends growing up. I was kind of mm -hmm. back and forth, just you know what I'm saying, just doing my thing like that. And now we seen uh, that your mom. She said she didn't really listen. She didn't really like listening to too much rap, but she played a whole lot of R and B. Talk about a little bit about how that influences your production today. Mom hate rap. Bro. <laughs> she hates it, bro. Like she hates it. And Why she hate it? The language and stuff, you know, she a female like at the end stuff. of the day. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So female, she, yeah. you know, the, the disrespect, you know, the bitch. Uh, right, right. Uh, you know, and I kind of respect that at the right. end of the day. But growing up, like, she had us listen. Not us. It was me um, for, like, seven years before my other brothers were born or whatever. So um, growing up, it was it's just be me and her just riding around. She listened to a lot of, like, Isley Brothers and... Mm. You know, like Leah and I hate they doing them like that. The boy R. Kelly, man. Yes. Like she listened to a lot of stuff. A lot of this stuff kind of influenced, like it influenced me a lot. You know what I'm saying? She probably gave me my rhythm and stuff like that and never mm. even knew it, you know? Mm. So I, I owe her a lot of credit. Mm. So you think like the rhythm from music back then is what helps you today? Still sticks yeah. around? Yeah, because I can, I listen to it. A lot of older songs before my time, before I listened to, like, uh, let me get this right. A lot of older, slower songs mm -hmm. before my time, before I can listen to, like, older hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? Not saying it's anything wrong. I can just vibe with it a little bit more, I guess. You know what I'm saying? A couple mm -hmm. of Isley Brothers, Voyage to Atlantis. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got to check that out. Just kick back and smoke you want to listen to that sometime. Make you feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, being being a big fan of like you know older music like that, do you think you know because like mixing and stuff was super important back then? Does that translate to how you make beats? Like you focus on mixing, or you kind of produce that doesn't really focus on mixing? I love mixing, bro. I love mixing. I think they took it a little bit more serious back then. Mm. It was a lot less records back then, so they kind of took a little bit more time with their craft and how they put it out, when they put it out, the rollout for it and stuff like that. Nine days, you know. 
I'm be honest, I go to the studio, we feel like we got that that one right then, we're gonna put a little mix on it right then and just get it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it kind of, it, it worked out for us these days, probably a little bit more than it would back then, you know what I'm saying? Due to the fact we kind of make our money out streaming mm-hmm. a little bit more than record sales these days. So if we can go ahead and put the record out, you know, at a good, at, on a good platform and stuff like that, Soon enough, we can kind of come back to it later and get it mixed for the radio and all this stuff yeah. later, you know. When, when you when you mix beats, you typically um, like you know walk us through your process of mixing beats, kind of. Um, I love my eight oh eight, so I kind of I kind of focus on making sure those don't just bleed out through the track too much. So as I get, I'm gonna say as I get my melodies and stuff like that, and my percussions, I'm big on. 808s of percussion. So I'm kind of big on my percussion. I like to make sure those kind of stand out a little bit more than the melody. You know what I'm saying? Just because the percussion is kind of what you you kind of groove to, you kind of mm-hmm. dance to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I kind of want to make sure those stand out a little bit more than, you know, the melody. The melody kind of cool. That just kind of helped the rapper do his thing. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Now, we have, like, a lot of producers that watch this podcast. And you say you want to keep the 808s and the percussion standing out. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you level? Do you lower the volume? Like, when you're leveling, do you make sure that the percussion stands out? Was it in the EQ? Was it in the mixing? Like, talk a little bit more, like, a little more in-depth about the uh, mixing process. Okay. I make sure my claps, my hi-hats, snares if I use them and my 808s those are always to me personally mm-hmm. like those got the you got to hear those you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying so I kind of I guess you could say I level I level everything out a little bit more I kind of just started um in FL studio that's what I use I kind of just like started using like all the mixing channels as far as like my um like my melodies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like the different VSTs I use. Because I usually just focus on, like I said, my percussions and stuff yeah. like that, just because that's always kind of important to me. But um, You put some on the master channel? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I kind of just started, like, I used to just use my percussions in the mastering channel. You see yeah. what I'm saying? I used to just send like the 808s and stuff and tweak them, you know yeah. what I'm saying? EQ them or whatever. I put yeah. a little extra little spice on my 808, of course. So yeah. I kind of, I used to just focus on that. And then I kind of just, I kind of stopped rushing. I used to just do that for a rushing thing. I don't know yeah. what the hell I used to be rushing for, you know? Yeah, so you didn't really use the EQs and shit at first? Yeah, I used to just... Level? Yeah, just, just level them out mm. and just hurry up and just bounce it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. why the hell I used to do that. I, I just, I guess I take a little bit more time now. So I, I yeah. just, I use everything. Uh, I play with some stuff. I trying to figure new things out and stuff like that these days. When it comes to 808s, you, like, you just EQ, like, you compress, like, you do put anything, yeah, like, distortion I, it's couple, or anything? It's, like it's, I don't really distort it, anything like that. I do, a, I do a lot of compression. Can't just tell y'all too much, bro, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of compression and a little, you know what I'm saying? You feel with, do you feel with any, like, sound designers? Like, giving you your own custom sounds, presets, anything like that? Nah, I kind of just play with it. I kind of just yeah. EQ it, gross beat it a little bit. I, I I just do everything myself. Okay. Yeah, I don't really sample too much. Mm. Can you talk to us about a little bit about uh, that Gucci record? Like, um, for instance, like the melody, like, uh, can you give out like the VST or whatever they use for that? I use, it's called uh, the the Money Calling. It was, that was actually like just one, it was like just one fucking, uh, it was you call it like a, a, a PG, a, what's the A word? Oh, I PG. Yeah, it was just like one of those. And yeah. um, what was the name of the VST? It's like Wave something. I can't really just think of it, right? I want to bring my computer. I don't know why I didn't bring it. That would have been cool. <laughs> But um yeah, that was like just just one sound. I just kinda like manipulated it a little bit and yeah. mixed it a little bit and I kinda got it like that. I felt like it was something like Gucci used to rap on or yeah. would have rapped on. I kinda he was the only one I sent it to. I actually named the beat 
Big Gato, El Gato or some shit like yeah. that. Mm. And that was the first one that we did like last year around this time. Mm. So, yeah. How would you describe your sound, like your distinct sound? I don't think I got one. For real? Mm. I hear a lot of people say like, it kind of went from like some, they used to say like some trap gospel or some, I don't know. That's what people used to say. I don't really feel like I got a sound. I kind of just go whichever way I want to. It depends on what kind of artist I'm dealing with. Mm. A lot of artists I deal with kind of, I already know what kind of sound they want. I want trap, trap me out. Just, Trap it. Yeah. So it kind of, I just go that way. I just kind of, I guess, put my own spin to it. It depends on how I'm feeling. I'm a moody type of person when it comes to my music. So it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. You play keys? I don't. Mm. So you click all your melodies in? I do. Mm. I'm just not tone deaf. I mm. kind of know yeah. a dead key from a good key right. or something like that. Mm. So. Yeah. What do you um? What do you put, going back to, we have, we have one more question we had to ask you about the, uh, the mixing. Do you... A lot of producers, they don't put nothing on the master channel. Do you put any limiter or any type of effects on the master channel? Maximus, anything. Maximus. Ozone. Maximus. When I'm, when I'm, that's, that's I, I do Maximus um, whenever I do sample because mm -hmm. it's a particular preset in there that kind of brings out every, like, everything inside the, yeah. inside the sample. So I do that when I'm sampling just mm -hmm. so I, okay. just because I can't really just, Samples usually have like a couple of different sounds and then of course yeah. it's just on one channel so you can't just get to everyone yeah. individually and, and tweak them a little bit. So yeah, like right. I said, it's a particular sound. It's a particular preset at Maximus that kind of brings everything out of certain samples. So you'll only put that on the actual sample when you put it on the 80, like will you route the 808s and everything to it too? Like when you max nah, it? Nah, nah, nah. I put, um when I'm, um when you, Track everything out when you tracking each individual sound. Mm -hmm. I do. I individually yeah. put my own presets on with whatever I feel. So my clap presets wouldn't be the same as my 808s presets. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Everything yeah. unique. Everything kind of my own form. I just made. But we were talking about like the the main. You know how everything goes with that master channel. Yeah. The edge channel. Oh yeah, just yeah, like Maximus, something like that. Okay, or, so or you gross beat or something like that on yeah. the actual master master channel. Yeah, like the because, final one. Yeah, because you can um. Automate. Yeah, you can just right. automate it. You can, you know, you can make it go in and out of some yeah, parts right, and right, be right. so yeah. Mm. Do you uh do okay, do you recommend like producers focus on mastering their like their beats for loudness nah, or man. does that come down to just vibe, bro? That's what yeah. I that's what I advise our producers to do. Just vibe, bro. You know what I'm saying? Don't worry about all that mastering shit, man. That's for them. You the know, scientists. let the people that, yeah, you the know, scientists. let them do that, bro. Yeah. We, 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 we the vibe, you know what I'm saying? We yeah. the, as long as we in there like this and y'all in there like this, that's all you need to worry about. When you in there making a beat and ain't nobody in there vibing, then you, you got a problem. Ain't no need <laughs> to make what hit. you need to mix for if you ain't in there. Yeah. If we ain't yeah. in there vibing, there ain't no point to mix nothing down. That's you need real. to get back in the bowl that's and whip something shit. else up, you know what I'm saying? You think there's a lot of money like it's spent on, on, on creating and promoting Music that was never gonna go anywhere in the, in the first place. <laughs> Say it one more time. You think there's a lot of money and time that gets wasted on creating and promoting music that never had a chance of going anywhere in the first place, like music that didn't even have a feel. Or yeah, it's but not it's, good music. Yeah, together. but it's trial and error. It's about you know we're artists at the end of the day, so mm. we trying new stuff at the end of the day. So you know it might it might didn't do what we wanted it to do but we it might have just was a test to just see how yeah. it would do you know what you i'm saying from it, yeah. yeah you know what i'm saying it, you know that's you know part of it's just just the creative the, the creativity part of it, you know what i'm saying yeah you'll never know until you try it. so so how you feel about producer rappers like would you ever rap <laughs> nah I, i'm gonna be real bro i used to rap when I first started making beats, I've been making beats. When, when I started making beats, when I was in the eighth grade, mm -hmm. I went to Crawford Long Middle School. I used to, um, my buddy, he he went to school with me, and um, I was bad. I used to skip school and do all this type of stuff. One of my buddies I used to skip school with used to make beats. I watched this nigga for like a year, bro. Just I was just intrigued, like out. Like, we wasn't even too focused on getting anybody to rap on them back then. We just wanted to make beats, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And you just make this shit, and I used to be like, bro, you got all these different sounds and stuff, like, coming out of, like, all this program, like, you doing that? Mm -hmm. He'd be like, yeah. So 
one day I kind of was just like, yeah, bro, like, I kind of just popped up with the program. I was like, yeah, like, teach me how to do this. Like, show me, you know. He ain't really show me. I kind of still had to learn how to do it myself. A lot of things I want, I asked him, like, gross beat. I never knew how to use gross beat until I kind of seen, I had a session with Metro a while ago. Mm. One of my first sessions with Metro Boom, we had a QC studio with Cinco. It was around, around well, of course, everybody kind of know what time that was, but um, he kind of showed me how to kind of use it. And he didn't, he don't use it the same way, maybe like how we'll use it on like leads or, you know, actual like, you know, melodies or something. He used to use more like his subs or his drums or his percussions and shit. Mm -hmm. I was like, bro, this shit sound fucking crazy. How you doing that? You like, shit, gross beat. Mm -hmm. This, that, little bit of this, that, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, for real? And it took me back like, Five years, like damn. So this all, I, this all it was. He ain't never, my buddy <laughs> never wanted to show me how to do it. Metro yeah. boom, not everybody in the fucking world showed me how to do it. Like two fucking seconds. Yeah. So you know, it be like that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What what producer you enjoy working with the most? I ain't really worked with a lot of them. Um. Nardin' B. I like Nardin' B. I was going to say, when you and Nardin' B cook up, that shit sound crazy. I like Nardin' B. I like Nardin' B. Because we kind of have some of those sessions where y'all kind of, how y'all say, how you kind of ask the question about, you know, you might, what you say about the, um, putting out a song or whatever that might not even, oh, yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. See, we might get in there and a couple of beats that we made, off Master Sensei together, those were coming up. Like, we didn't really think those beats would get chose. Like, we were kind of just on another vibe with those. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I want to say Trouble actually had one of the beats that we used off Master Sensei. And, um... He had put it out already? Nah, he didn't put oh. it out. I might have, like, one verse on it and wasn't finished. And Pablo might have... He might have heard the beat out of Trouble. I'm actually not sure. But he finished the song and did it and it kind of went around and everything. So it was like, damn, we kind of got to use it. Right, right. But it, it turned out good. I want to say it was easy. I want mm -hmm. I want to say it was easy. So um, kind of worked that's, out. That's a slower one, right? The slow down Yeah, yeah it was gonna... maybe like the, the, the last... Maybe one of the last songs on the project. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us about your relationship with Pablo. Um... Pablo, I met Pablo through Cinco. I met Pablo through Johnny Cinco. Um, they did PSC, I want to say, in like 2014 or 15 or something like that. They were working before me and Pablo actually was. Mm. I used to see Pablo a lot of times, and uh, I used to bump into him in the streets. I used to bump into him at like the studios or something like that. He was always shooting dice or something. He never recorded. <laughs> he shooting dice, you know what I'm saying? He just shooting dice him. Um, maybe like babe, little baby, offset, these niggas just always be shooting dice. You know what I'm saying? So I used to see them like that. And um I'm trying to let me see. I wanna say we was in the studio one night and somebody kinda just like in Atlanta, you would know somebody and know them and they'll know you, but it's on like it's like a pride thing. We don't always just be like yeah, you, you, and mm, I know about yeah. you or whatever. Like, mm, let's do yeah, something. So it was kind of like, it was one of those moments where they, it was like, but you made beat, right? I was like, yeah, I made beats, bro. You know what I'm saying? So we kind of, we still didn't even record right away. We kind of kicked it in the streets maybe for like, like weeks or whatever. We were just yeah. kicking it. We were just, you know, smoking and just doing whatever we do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and then we kind of got in the studio for the first time. We made um, Percocet. Mm. We made Percocet at uh, QC Studios. We snuck in Amigos when we weren't supposed to be in there. P came in there. Shout out to QC. P, P came in there and told us to get out. <laughs> and um, we made that song, we made Trap Dad with the Migos, and we made another, no, no, not Trap Dad. Trap Dad was with Skip, I think. I think. It was one, we made like three songs that day at QC, though, and mm -hmm. Perky said one of them. That was like the three first songs that we ever did, so. Yeah. Man, how did the Master Sensei project come about? 
Man, Sensei just came from us just having those same vibes. Like I said, we just going to places like QC, recording three songs here. We would go to another studio and record two songs there, three songs here. We just kept kind of doing that. And then it was it got to a point where like, damn, bro, we got a, a lot of material, bro. Mm-hmm. We need to do something with it. And um, we made Master Sensei. And we actually made the name for it, the cover for it, and everything, like, a year before we put the project out, bro. We kind of, like... The project, okay, okay, okay. We 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 might okay, we we actually I had it on my Instagram. I don't know why I took all the pictures down. We okay, we had the cover and everything for the song for the for the project, like January of like 2016. The project didn't come out to August. Mm. You know what mm. I'm saying? What happened was he ended up doing DD3 first. At the mm. same not DD3, DD2. Mm-hmm. He did uh designer draw dope um uh Designer drugs too that year. With man you know with what the I'm plan, saying? Mm-hmm. Man with the plan. We put Percocet on there with Jose Guapo, mm-hmm. and that was probably one of his, you know, breakthrough projects before mm-hmm. Master Sensei. So that's what ended up happening. We ended up kind of pushing it back or stalling it because he wanted to put um, DD2 out first. Mm-hmm. So then after that, we kind of dropped around August. We dropped August. I think we dropped DD2 in May and dropped. Master Sensei in like August or something like that. What uh what project did you end up executive producing for? Master Sensei. Master Sensei. Yeah. How did, what is it? Okay, so what does it exactly mean to executive produce an album? You kind of like the direction of project goes and like the content. Mm-hmm. How you? What what vibe did y'all get from the project? Mm-hmm. I honestly, what vibe did you get from? The I didn't project? check out the whole project. So what, mm-hmm. what vibe did you get from the project? I think that like was what vibe did it put you in trap vibe? Yeah, like trap the, vibe, like get some money. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that was kind of like the direction that we was trying to go in. So as yeah. long as that was kind of like my job, like yeah. to pick the songs that kind of make you feel like that's what's going on. I feel you. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Do you get? Is there like a bonus? Like, like an extra percentage? Like, like a, you know royalty. what I'm saying? At that time, Pablo, we only had management. Like, I still only had management. I'm not signing anybody. Yeah. So at the time, like, we only had management. It was only hood rich. Mm. So we didn't have, like, um, of course, now if I executive producer track, um, a project with somebody and how we did, I, okay, let me get this right. Just because you executive produce a project doesn't mean that you have to do every beat or every song on there. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, it's mean right. like you you kind of picking the project, you picking the particular like the song. Like, of yeah, it. like okay. the direction that we're going in. So, you know, you, you don't have to produce every yeah. song on the project. It just yeah. got something to do with, you know what I'm saying? You you picking the direction that it goes in. So that's one. Okay, but how we did Master Sensei today, if I did Master Sensei for Pablo, due to the fact that he signed to a label, they would probably, have, not probably, they would have to pay me for each beat in particular. You know what I'm saying? And um, as far as you each beat you produce or each beat that comes on the project? Like, I, on Master Sensei, I did every beat. So right. I was kind of putting us in the mindset if okay. I did that today's time while he oh, signed okay, to, like, okay. 1017 or whatever. Yeah, they would have to, they would have paid me for each beat. You know and what I'm saying? And then you get paid also for executive producing it, too? That's not really a, I don't really think that's a, you know, that's kind of more so of, like, the, the artist kind of just showing his respect kind of mm-hmm. like to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, right. I didn't kind of do this by myself. It's yeah, kind of, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of like what that is. I don't think labels really care about shit like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They actually care about the work that was put into it, the recording. Right. I think the engineer might get, you know what I'm saying, more respect for a project than the executive producer or whatever. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So who who really took the initiative and said like Pablo and Spiffy are gonna put out a project? Like was it you, was it Pablo? Like I said, it was just for like months we were just recording. We were just recording and recording. And um I wanna say I, I ain't gonna say that this maybe was the reason. Like, I had already executive produced um I swear for Cinco like a year and a half like before me and Pablo. So I don't really know. Maybe it was that kind of had something to do with it. But, you know, we kind of both sat down and was like, yeah, like, let's go ahead and just put these songs out. Like, let's get behind them or whatever. So that's kind of what we did. We didn't really expect for it to do what it 
did though. You know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. like I said, he wasn't signed. Gucci was locked up at the time. Yeah. We didn't we didn't know anything. 1017 was gonna come about or anything. One one of the first times I met um Gucci, um, we was in Miami. Um, like, and I introduced myself to him. And he he stopped me. He was like, bro, I already know who you is, bro. You made Master Sensei. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, damn. You know what I'm saying? And later he kind of told me, like, that was one of his favorite projects. So we didn't really know any of that was going to transpire with us. We were just going for what we knew. Yeah. And then, like, so how come you and Pablo haven't had, like, a follow-up project or, like? Man, Pablo got three projects done, bro. For Three projects done, bro. <laughs> Slow project. We got Master Sensei vibes. Yeah. It's, we, I, I think, you know, me and Pablo always told ourselves we weren't going to do this. We kind of, I ain't going to say we lost the fun in it, but you kind of, when you get so into the creative part of it, you know what I'm saying? You kind of want to critique it so many times, make mm. sure it's this, make sure that Master Sensei was fun. Like, I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah. It was fun. We in the studio, drink, we sleep, wake up, <laughs> fucking but load the beat up. You know what I'm saying? Just we were just going, we were just doing it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Nine days like studio at eight to twelve, but eight to <laughs> eight. You gotta to be eight. out at seven fifty nine. Yeah, man. Y'all don't leave no mess in here, bro. Don't E for can't be in. It was, you know, it's yeah. it's all type of other stuff that we so worried right. about that we ain't really worried about the music. You know mm. what I'm saying? Not saying it like that. Because we got bangers. We got yeah. songs way better than Master Sensei vibes. You know what I'm saying? They're like yeah. that on crack, bro. Like it's it's juiced up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, we kind of you know, we trying to make it the best for y'all, man. Yeah. But you know why sit on the music that long, though? Because it's not really, at the end of the day, it's not up to me, for one. Cause like I said, I'm not signed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Pablo, you know, he kind of work on his own time, bro. You know, he, he, that's, that's blow. Like I said, we got three projects done, bro. Mm. We got bangers. We got bangers, bro. They'll come out when they come out, though. So, so, so Pablo signing the 1017, like, what changes happen? Like, is it a lot of Personally, changes? Between me I mean, and him? No, no, I mean, just like, like the, the merging of NPR and 1017. It's kind of hard when you live in it. I had to ask y'all that from kind of like the outside looking in. When you kind of live in it, bro, you just doing it. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So I say like, you know, maybe small stuff that clearly everybody can see. Like, we got a lot more access to things than we did before. We got, yeah. you know, jewelry now. We got Gucci Man now. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's like regular stuff like that. I know y'all mean like in depth. Like, yeah, like, I can't really say because we just, yeah. just living it, bro. We mm -hmm. just kind of doing it. You know what I'm saying? Too early. Yeah, you know, we it just, it's, it's been a year. And then at mm -hmm. the same time, I don't really get in the Pablo's, you know, business yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. That's him, you know? Talk to us as, uh, you know, why you've chosen to stay independent, you know, never sign any pub deals or any sort of deals like that. Um, I had offered. I had offered. I had offered. I probably didn't because growing up, they always told us, like, the watch will be signed and all that. And right. I used to really, like... I told them kind of anal about the business, so I kind of like, you put a contract in front of me, you might be like, he ain't finna read that shit. I might really read it in front of you. Like, I might really try and understand what's going on. I might really take it to a take it and take it to a lawyer and really try and figure out before you just say, here's this sign, this chain money, and like, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? I kind of be like, well, let's hold off on this real quick. Let me see the paper, and I'm going to let you know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Right. So for that, a lot of the business were never right, bro. Just mm -hmm. plain and simple. A lot of the business were never right. Mm -hmm. You know? It's almost kind of like like uh, too many people wouldn't just be like, man, I'll take the chain. I'll take the money. Fuck it. I'll just sign. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, bro. I, if I name some of the people that... Like the office, bro. Like y'all be like, why didn't you sign to them? Mm -hmm. What was you thinking? 
it was like I kind of I like the relationship we got already. I got a lot of good relationships without being signed to anybody. At the end of the day, that's all the label's supposed to do. Just kind of like connect the dots that you kind of can't connect yourself. I kind of did all that already. I already not you know not even being arrogant or anything like that. The, the scene, the rap scene, kind of is Atlanta now. I kind of went to school with all these people. Grew up with them. We used to have neighborhood beefs or something like that. And that's kind of how I really know everybody. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I don't really want to begin nobody a percentage of what I'm making for nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless you're going to really do something for me. Like Lady Gaga, some crazy stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. But for the most part, everybody that I kind of got offers from, we were already in the same circle already. Okay. You know what I'm saying? What are some ways that you know of like like rappers or uh, labels kind of try to finesse producers these days? Take advantage mm. of them, I guess. Man, they don't want to pay you on time. It's plain. I mean, I know a lot of, I know y'all hear about a lot of producers saying, oh, I still haven't been paid for this song or for this project or something like that. You know what I'm saying? They kind of want to pay you when they want to. They want to, you know what I'm saying? I'm going through something like that right now, but it's, it's part of the game, bro. You know, ain't nothing perfect. And I ain't going to cry about it. I'm grateful at the end of the day. I literally came from nothing. So it's a it's a pain mm. a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But whatever, though. So for a producer in that situation, what advice would you give to him? Like how to handle it? As long as you got your good lawyer or whatever, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's first and foremost. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you got you some some good people that's handling your business or whatever. Make sure you got you some, you know, good, good, you know, good lawyers or whatever. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't advise you to sign anything until like you actually looked over it for sure, for sure. Even if it's like a basic, a standard agreement between you and the artist, still looking to it. You know what I'm saying? Just regular stuff. And then how do you know? Okay, so let's say you put out a song. How do you know when it's time, like, and you haven't been paid, like, how do you know when it's time to, like, okay, let me go invest in a lawyer? How can you project if it will be worth it or not? A good question. It depends on uh, what you're doing it for. You know what I'm saying? Are you taking it serious? If you're taking it serious, why don't you have a lawyer? Well, I'm saying, okay, like a producer, they have, let's say they haven't run into any situations where they needed a lawyer, but now it's that time where it's like, but okay. That's, but that's what I'm saying. If you're taking it serious, that, that come with it. You got a computer and a beat program, right? right. That kind of come with it. You need to get your lawyer and stuff. You really plan on taking it serious. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, what you doing it for? Right. You just want to give you homie beats and do that? Yeah. Or you really trying to, like, get out here and be that nigga? Or, you know, right. be him? You yeah. know what I'm saying? You trying to be him, then you need to... You know, spend your little extra money and go get your lawyer. You know what like, I'm saying? You ain't trapping with no skill, is you? I think, what he, I think what he's trying to ask, though, is like, say, for instance, the songs out there that you didn't get paid for, and say you project like, yeah, it's about, it's about $1,500 that's owed to me. Uh -huh. But the lawyer wants to charge you 2000 or 1500 Like, is it, what are you doing in that situation? Or is that um, not even the situation? Basically, is there a way to project, okay, this song's out, it's blowing up. Mm -hmm. I know I should be making at least X amount of money off of this. Is there a way to figure out what that X amount is? Um, you, you, um As a producer, you kind of, it depends on the artist and their budget uh, sometimes. You know what I'm saying? If, if I'm getting the question right. It depends on the artist and their budget. So you can charge them what you want to charge them. It still has to be within the artist's budget. And as far as like, if you, you know, the song's already been out and you haven't been paid yet. Right. Um, like me and you put a song out, I put it out, it's already blown up, are you, I haven't paid you, were you Were you, are you with a label? Are you independent? Are you signed? Let's say both. Let's say, well, is it, what's the difference if I was independent or if I was with the label? Okay, so if you were the label, I wouldn't take that up with you, the artist. Okay. I wouldn't take it up with you, I'd take it up with your label. Mm -hmm. So um, I probably would have my lawyer invoice them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And um, send them an invoice you, for the beat, or yeah, for the beat. You know, or just you know, um, I guess like uh, let it be known. Hey, we need to talk. We about need to have a sit down. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it's like who don't want to at least sit down about something? Yeah. It, especially if the song doing good, like you. Nine times out of ten, they probably want to sit down with you. I haven't really been in a situation where it was like bad business like that. 
first project, first song I, I did business on professionally was um like run it up mm-hmm. with um and that was when Jose Guapo was doing his business with mm-hmm. QC and like P and Coach K was like they they reached out to me you know what I'm saying they tried to sign me behind it like so you know it, everything is real professional you know what I'm saying if 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 they really believe in the song and the artist I feel like they probably would you know try and reach out to you I'm. So it's it's kind of hard for me to say I've really been in the situation where it was like bad business. And you for someone that's saying? independent, would you go and have that conversation with them personally, or would you send your lawyer to go speak to them? I probably had that conversation personally, but when you're dealing with independent artists, you kind of you kind of you you really know what you're getting yourself into. I hate to hear yeah. artists cry about oh. Um, I can't really say no artist name. I don't really know who independent and who not at this point. You know, people don't like to say who they signed to. So it's like, you can't just say so-and-so then pay me when you kind of knew, like, y'all was just rapping in the basement and the song just blew up now. You know what I'm saying? It's like... It's kind of hard really to explain that type of situation because I can say that it will eventually happen. You know, if because if the song does good, somebody will try and sign them eventually, and they have to get behind. They got to do the business on the song, so hopefully that happens. Yeah. You know, which nine times out of ten will happen. So I just don't really have like a time limit or a time frame on when you should be expecting to get paid. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Don't none of us really know when that is. Mm-hmm. It's being real. I feel like when it comes to the independent. There's, I feel like there's a lot of situations where producers are being left out just because of like they don't know what to do and that you know the the artist right. is kind of just like well I'm not gonna reach out them to hey I got a like three thousand check from YouTube and half of it's yours yeah like I like you said they you know what I'm saying they don't know what to do you know what I'm saying like I was finna say that's kind of up to you you yeah. kind of get if you get if you get fucked you get that happen because you kind of let it happen you know what I'm yeah. saying you got to get up and. Handle your business, you gotta get in these full face. You know what I'm saying? You gotta mm-hmm. kinda make that name for yourself. You know, you gotta, you know, that's the game at the end of the day. Everybody gonna get over on you. It ain't got nothing to do with music. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, People yeah. gonna get over on you if they can. It's just what's going on. It's dog eat dog world. So you gotta get out here and handle your business. Mm-hmm. Right. Gotta get out here and make it shake. Ain't nobody gonna make it shake for you. I had another question too about um, this is related to like YouTube. So let's say we put out a project, right? And there's several different like an artist. You work with an artist, right? Mm-hmm. They put out a song, and let's say their Vivo puts that song out, and then Revolt puts that song out, and then the cameraman he put it out on his YouTube. It's channel like too. on a different, a lot of different, different channels. So does a producer do they expect to collect from each and the, the stream the, a percentage of the streams from every single account? That goes back to if you on your P's and Q's. If if okay if the, if they're signed a lot of the times the songs are already registered. Hold the mic a little bit. Closer. Oh, okay. So they, like I said, that goes back to if you're on your P's and Q's. So mm-hmm. like if if the artist is signed nine times out of ten, it don't matter how many channels. how many channels the song is registered. Right. It's mm-hmm. registered up on a specific number. You know what Content I'm saying? Content ID specific, and all that. That right there. So it don't matter where it goes, it's always being monetized by whoever is monetizing. Mm-hmm. Such and such monetized.com, whoever doing it. You know what I'm saying? It'd be Atlantic or whoever, or a small company doing it. It's always gonna be getting monetized. So yeah, it don't really matter. Mm-hmm. It is, like I said, up to you or you know whoever handling the business to make sure it's registered or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did you have a lawyer when you first started off producing? Nah. Mm-hmm. When I um did run it up, I was completely like I didn't have no manager. I didn't have like no. I did, <laughs> man. I might have. <sighs> I ain't even gonna say nothing like that. But I handled all my business on run it up, bro. I'm just gonna be real. I probably shouldn't have, but that's why I said it's important for you to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Go get you some, you know, go get somebody who's going to pick up the phone and somebody who's going to handle that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Get you a lawyer. You know, like I said, if you really plan on being him, you want to make sure you got them with you too. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? To back you up, you know? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Because um, I feel like on a song like like that, like that one's got like what? Like over 10 million views, right? Like, yeah, like 15. So like the YouTube revenue on that, that's like thirty bands, you know what I'm saying, or like a little less, maybe twenty thousand. So, 
I feel like there's a lot of situations, even if it's not exaggerated like that, even if it's two million, that's still about like two thousand, three thousand that producers aren't seeing a dollar out of, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And but I wanted I wanted to be known like it's more ways to get paid for your music than um YouTube or labels paying you for beats, bro. Like I'm I'm gonna let y'all land on something, bro. You can Google it. These are fat. I want y'all to Google this right now. It's 13 different ways that you can get like paid in the music industry, bro. It's more than just little, little stuff that they put in your face. You know what I'm saying? You can really be out here getting paid. So you can do this yourself. It's stuff that the labels do, that they do, that they tell you they do for you that you can do yourself. You just kind of just, you know, sit back and just. Do your homework or whatever like that. And what are those, like, movies, sync license, TV? like Man, music gets so in-depth, bro. You can get paid certain artists. Like, if they know what they're doing, bro, you can get paid for, like, by letters. like Not letters, but, like, by words. If many words, like, per maybe cent or something like that or dollar or something off the words that you put in the song, bro. That's how in-depth stuff. You know, you ever wonder why they got lyric videos, bro? Don't nobody care about learning the lyrics when you can hear it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They got them like that. It's, 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 it's some way they monetize. I don't really know. I can't really just get into it. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but hey, these are the things that I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to get out here and do your homework, bro. So I'm you say to... Google it. What should I... What's if, if you... I'm like, all right, he said Google this. What am I going to Google? I'm going to Google it for you right now. I'm putting it on the camera for you. He's like, I'm, it's with like 13 different ways to make money. It's called analog print royalties? Uh, they might have did something on it, but mm-hmm. when you Google it, like, what, what pops up, though? Like, it's a real topic, though, right? It's like, does it, does it show you where it said? Let me show you. Make sure you yeah, type it right about, like you said, 13 ways. Yeah, yeah so and everyone go look up 13 and, ways. And when you click on it, it's yeah, going to tell you. See, but yeah. listen, listen to me. When, when you click on it, it's going to tell you about the monetizing that you already know, the YouTube stuff. It's going to tell you about, you know what I'm saying, how the lawyer, how the labels will pay you. You know what I'm saying? It's going to tell you those two ways. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to tell you a whole shitload of other shit. You're going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> nah, for real, it, bro. We'll make nah, sure we put a link you. in here for you guys for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you know, it, that's part of the reason why. I, 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 don't get me wrong, I would sign. Mm-hmm. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, that's goal of mine. But it just got to make sense, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I've been seeing interviews artists like um, Chris Brown, Twenty One, said it too. He owned all his masters. Like, you know, I, I want to own all my masters. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Seems like you're taking like the. Like slower build up pace. Yeah, I'm trying to stick. I don't want the the overnight. I was just gonna boom. say, what's the difference between you know doing what you're doing versus like an overnight type of success? Um, I guess I always how you introduce me with the Spiffy's work with so and so and such and such and this that on this project. I, I that's you know what I'm saying. I feel like everybody should want the um, platform. Mm-hmm. You want something to stand on. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't accolades. really want to be the dude in the room. They like, oh, he made this one song that yeah, we all know. Yeah, he did that or whatever. Mm-hmm. He burned up in a room full of other artists. You only did his song. It's like, yeah, I wanted to be like, yeah, he worked with. I work with everybody in this room. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I I know I can come having every conversation, and we can all, you know what I'm saying? We can vibe. We can go make music, and you know what I'm saying? That's relationship I want. I felt like that's how, you know, you wanted to be as a musician. I don't really know why niggas be like on the stiff wave or whatever, not really wanting to make money. Or, I, don't, I don't really know. Be like that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a regular job before uh, music? Yeah. Um, I dropped out of school, 10th grade, and I had to, like, um, I had so much time on my hands, but I went and got a job at a movie theater. Regal Cinema. It's um South Cal Mall. It might be closed now. Yeah, they closed. I, I I worked there. I worked there. I was an usher. I was an usher, man. I was like <laughs> 16, but I was sweeping popcorn and 
man, you might come with your girlfriend. I was right there at the thing with my flashlight. Like, I got to go through your purse. And <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll be looking at me like, man, they need to go on through my girl purse, man. Yeah. Y'all got pop, y'all got y'all own snacks and shit in there. <laughs> y'all looking at me like, man, they nigga lame. But I was always yeah. one like, man, y'all go ahead. Just throw yeah. your shit away. You know what I'm saying? Do they care if you bring snacks and Yeah, yeah. Are you supposed to take it? Yeah, yeah. I'll put a take it in Huh? Well, what if they find it in there and you ain't find it? They used to do that a lot of the time. I used to just be like, damn, but they, oh, they took that shit, yeah, bro. Yeah. They must've, she must just put it in there, bro. It must have been yeah. somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, that, that's what I used to try. I ain't and trying you ain't getting no fights over it. Nah, because like I said, I was the cool one. Was like, I'm going to steal I'm gonna I was all cool your snacks. I usher, bro. You know, nigga, you, it was, I was 16, bro. So it was yeah. people younger than me. You know, they try to sneak in a movie theater, man. I'd be like, man, y'all go ahead, bro. I, <laughs> show the real quick. Like, yeah, I can't be lame. I'm y'all, right, nigga. Right. Hey, man, y'all going in there. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope, though. So, like, uh, you, think, you think having a job kind of makes you, like, more patient, or I don't even know what to say. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or kind of like uh, appreciate success more. Yeah. Even when I got a job, I, I was one of the people. I was one. I always told myself I didn't want a job. I wasn't gonna never get a job. I got the job because I like money. I like nice stuff. So of course it's like just dropped out of school. Let me try and get. I'm gonna try and do this. I wasn't producing. I, I okay. I was making beats, but I wasn't taking it serious. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? What made me take the producing series was me like quitting the job. I didn't work the job long enough to get unemployment. You gotta work for like six months in Georgia to get unemployment. I might've worked the job for three months, four months. Mm -hmm. We got paid like every two weeks, I think. Um, they didn't give me my check, but somehow my check, they basically I gotta wait the next pay period to get my check. And they ain't already paying them like two, three hundred dollars every two weeks, bro. So I was like, what? Y'all ain't going to just give me my money this week. Why I got to wait to next pay period? Another mm -hmm. two weeks. So I had already I'm told myself in my head, like, bet, I'm going to just get that check and my next check, and I'm just going to be done with it. It went number yeah. $600. I quit with, like, $600, bro. I just walked out of there. He was like, yeah, you got to, um, he was like, where you going? Um, you you pushed me on the floor or whatever, because usually mm -hmm. when I got my check, I had to work. So he be like, yeah, you ain't on the floor with her. I be like, yeah, I'm finna be back. I'm finna run to the car real quick. Go get my, my situation with her. I pulled out, man. He would call me. He left me voicemails or whatever. He down there told me. I don't even think they wanted to fight me, bro. I think because they knew I felt some type of way about yeah. having to wait about my check or whatever. I think he might have told me on the voicemail, like, just come back tomorrow. It's, it's all good. And I was like, yeah, yeah bet. I just didn't ever come back. I just... <laughs> I still waiting on Spivy to clock in. Still waiting on That's funny. Oh, shit, you want to fuck with uh, overrated, underrated? Let's get it. All right. We got the freestyle last two of them, two topics. All good. But basically, we got the, we talked, you told you a little bit about it earlier, but we got a topic called overrated, underrated, mm -hmm. where we just give you a couple items, and then we just simply ask you if it's overrated, underrated, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. All right. All right. So, first topic on overrated, underrated, underrated, rare backwoods. Overrated or underrated? <laughs> that's, overrated. A good, that's a good one. Overrated. I say overrated. I'm a real backwood smoker, bro. I, I don't even care about um flavors, and Russian cream and all that. When the Russian cream wave was on or whatever, I, I, to the day, I just smoke sweet aromatic backwood. Right. I don't really get in all that. The hype or whatever. I done paid $100 for the vanilla backwoods, and I done had, um like, I got people that work for Batwoods personally that, that um, you know, they hook me up whenever they can. So I done had pretty much every flavor. You know, it's cool or whatever. It's all right, but mm. it's, they they get smoked at the end of the day. They get burnt and ashed, and it's like, like you can do anything with them after that point. So I feel like they overrate. Kind of more like a it's like clout thing or accessory right. type of thing. Yeah, man, it's like, what you gonna do? Hold on to the backwood for the rest of your life? Come Walk around shit. like, yeah, nigga, I got this flavor. It's <laughs> like, you got to smoke it, bro. Mm -hmm. When it's over with, it's over with. What you yeah. gonna do? Mm. All right. Overrated, underrated. Engineers remixing your beat. Is that a thing? Like track outs. No, you get them track outs, they, 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 they remix it. Versus your mix. Oh, um, yeah. 
I uh, I had some engineers do that because, like I said, I, I I always mess with my 808s or whatever. So they mm. used to always take the boom out of it, but I don't know how the hell they do that, bro. <laughs> I've, I, I've, the okay, punch. yeah, bro. My like my mix beats, like yeah. like okay. For instance, um, on Evil G's, lost y'all mind and money causing like. The 808s was hitting way harder than that before they like mixed them. I don't know, they always do that though. Mm, yeah. I've I've yet to got a song back where like everything's like how I did it. Or you know, you can tweak it and mix it, but damn I'd be one my like my drums probably still hit the y'all or whatever, but they hit yeah. way harder than that before the mix. Mm. Pre-mix, they go crazy, bro. Mm. Mm. I know what's going on. All right. Overrated, underrated, Electra X. The plug-in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, you know, it, uh, it's kind of hard to say. I don't really use it. I have it. I don't really use it like that. Mm. You know, um, I guess overrated, I guess. Well, what are um, some of your favorite plugins that you use? I use simple stuff, man. I only have Omnisphere. For real? Yeah, like I just manipulate and play with a lot of my stuff. You know what I'm saying? I kind of like make. I kind of like making like regular, um, like uh, patterns or something like that. You use stock sounds? Huh? You mean like you use stock sounds that come with FL? Nah, nah, nah. I mean like <laughs> maybe keys. like um like purity or something like that. People uh, don't really mm-hmm. care about purity or right, you know yeah. mixes unless you got all the other expansions and all that type of stuff like yeah. that. Like, I still play with stuff like that. You know, oh, I don't okay. really, like, I had Omnisphere. I don't know what happened to it. Fucked up on me. I ain't really never cared about getting it back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I kind of use everything I have, like, to the max. Like, I try and, like, I, I ring it dry. Like, I can't yeah. even use it no more. Like, a lot of stuff, like, a lot of sounds that I use, they're not even, like, on, you know, Regular program that all the producers probably use for real. Yeah. What's something in Nexus that people probably don't know about that you could tell them about? It's hard because different ones got different expansions. It mm. depends. I on mean, other than expansions, like, you know how you can go in there and, like, you can change the mix mode or you can mm-hmm. turn into arpeggiator. Is there something that you found in Nexus that's different? Or that's like, yo, nah, y'all go I check this really, out? Nah, because I don't, I, nah, I can't really say that. Because I, I, I usually use, like, whatever mixing. Um, like uh, plugins or whatever that mm-hmm. you know, like the gross beat and all that kind okay, of stuff. Okay, so you you manipulate it in the mixer channel, yeah. not in the actual plugin. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. I mean, that's pretty much that's what we had for overrated, underrated. Unless anyone else got any more, uh, can't think of, can't think of any. Um, I got one for you. Uh, rents <laughs> overrated, man. I'm gelato, mm. cookie. Mm. Um, it's a whole new wave of like y'all got to be ready. It's a whole new wave of flavors like the gelato and the cookie and all that. Man, I hate to say it, if it be R.I.P. to it, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. man, when I tell you about some of these new flavors, bro, y'all gonna want to go Google them, bro. Y'all like, bro, this can't be real. He lying, bro. I'm telling you, they got it's something lying. called Mac. It's called Mac Monster Alien Cookie, bro. It's yeah. crazy, bro. I thought you were about to say McDonald's. Oh, no, like, oh, no. It's called MAC. It's called Monster Alien Cookie. They got some stuff called yeah. Guava. You see it? It's crazy, I'm bro. Leaf, I'm on Leafly. It's crazy, bro. It's like, it's some mm-hmm. whole other stuff, bro. It's like, but I'm always love like the gelatos and stuff like that, though. Mm-hmm. But ranch and stuff, like when I, see, I'm, 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 I'm a real smoker, so I'm already like, I was smoking like the gelatos and the cookies and stuff before a lot of people. I was telling people like, yeah, you gotta try it. Just like I'm telling y'all to try this other yeah. stuff. Like that's like that's what I was doing. Like try the Mac though, bro. That's what I'm telling you. Try the Monster Alien cookie, bro. Right. If you can find, you gotta get the right one. Right. Yeah. People might look at this interview and then just getting them some weed. I'm like, yeah, bro, Call this what that is. Yeah. I'm having the Mac right here, bro. Hundred dollars is three fives. Mess your whole experience up. You be like, man, this ain't nothing because it really ain't the real one. You gotta make sure you get the real one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I got a question. Do you think your producing career or just your beats would be different if you never smoked in your entire life. 
Or you think of your life would have would you be in music? Uh yeah. Yeah. It probably my music probably definitely be different because like I'm not gonna say I look to drugs, no, cause I don't want nobody to feel like, oh, I gotta smoke 10 blunts before I make a beat. Like, nah, you, you know, like I said, I'm a moody person, bro. That's mm-hmm. just me. I ain't gonna say I wake up and make 100 beats a day. Like, I make five beats if I feel like it. You know what I'm saying? I might make five vibey beats because I'm in a good mood. I might just get in there and go crazy on the drums on these beats because that's the mood I'm in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, smoking or whatever, it put me in a different mood. So, yeah, my beats would be different. You think they'd be better or worse? Probably worse. Worse? Yeah, probably worse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably works. I don't really I always feel like making beats when I'm not, you know, I ain't smoking whatever. So it like changes your motivation, like you smoking be like, okay, I'll go make some beats. Yeah, I ain't the type of person that smoking get laid. I know how people be like, yeah, man, smoking, go to sleep, like I'm mm-hmm. always you know what I'm saying? I'm a yeah. busy but I be moving all the time. So mm-hmm. I be in the studio, put two sounds and then get up and walk around and Body those a little bit and then sit back down and do something else and then get back up. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It just, that's just how I am. Hey. Mm-hmm. Shit, man. Appreciate you pulling up. Appreciate y'all having right. me, bro. Yeah, for sure. All right, bro. Sure. Another dope episode, man. Signing up. Peace. Yeah.